Hey friends, welcome. My name is Joe. This is the Joe Martino Show. And today we're going to pick up part two of how to engage in some behaviors. These are really more questions though, but asking ourselves questions is a behavior in order to build emotional intelligence towards others. Thanks for listening. Let's kick it off. This is the Joe Martino Show. You're listening to the Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back. I hope that you had a good week. Uh, got a lot of emails and texts, a lot of, a lot of people reaching out about last week's podcast saying that they enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to, as we roll into the summer, some new topics. Every year I debate taking the summer off and kind of doing like a spring season and a fall, maybe even a fall and winter season, but taking the summer off from these episodes. And this year, I don't think I'm going to do that. Maybe maybe we will next year. You know, there's always a a wrestling of time that I have to consider. Uh, Everything that I give time to means I can't give time to something else, and I want to be very smart and cognizant in how I approach that. Uh, but I think that I have a, quite a few ideas rolling into this spring, and uh, I am working on a, on a writing project. Uh, I've written just about a third of the book in the last three weeks. We're starting part two today. Later on today, I'm going to start part two, and then we're going to work on part three. Uh, that, that, book, that book's going to be a lot of fun because it's very different than anything I've done in the past, and so I'm looking forward to that. And you'll hear more about that as we move forward. Today, I want to talk to you about how do we build emotional intelligence for others? How, not, not for them. In other words, we don't build their emotional intelligence. How do we build our emotional intelligence regarding how we perceive others? The most basic way is we ask ourselves, how might others feel about this, right? How might others perceive what I'm saying? And that's important. I do worry that we take that a little too far and that we worry a little too much about people being... Uh, offended or not liking what we're saying, and that is the criteria for how we make decisions on what we say, and I don't think that that's helpful. I like to read. I like to read a lot, and I like to share when I read something provocative. I like to share that with people. When I find it provocative, I like to share it with people. So last week, I put up uh, that uh, today's reading, there is no trauma, and some people were disagreeing. Some people lost their mind. Some people were like, oh, this caused me anxiety. And I said, whoa, whoa, it doesn't actually cause you anxiety. What you believe causes you anxiety. And then they asked, well, what I believe or what happened to me? And I'm like, nope, what you believe about what happened to you is what caused anxiety. In fact, that's a whole episode that is coming. I've got an episode coming on instead of asking myself, why is this happening to me? I should ask myself, what am I, what can I learn from what this is about? You know, what's happening to me? And, and there is this thing, a lot, there are people who are like, well, this is dangerous. Whoever said this uh, isn't very smart. Well, it, it was Alfred Adler, who, who's pretty smart, um, has a whole school of therapy named after him. And uh, just because we disagree with something doesn't make it dangerous. That, that, could, that sh- could and should be a whole uh, episode on, on this show. With that said, good emotional intelligence does ask yourself, you do ask yourself, how might people perceive this? What is the emotional thing that's going on for them? And I do this pretty regularly. Sometimes I'm like, well, uh, hopefully then that they'll be comfortable with you know discomfort and they'll be able to move forward in that discomfort and, and engage with the idea. 
one of the things that I told somebody who didn't comment on the thread at all, but did private message me, they're like, you know, I, I just can't believe you'd put that up. That really hurt me. And I was like, how did that hurt you? Well, I went through trauma. And so you are gaslighting me by saying there is no trauma. And, and this is one of the things we've just lost. We don't have this in our society currently. The ability to degree, disagree with something, just scroll on. And it doesn't mean that, oh, well, now I can never go talk to that person. Now I have to cancel them because they said something I disagree with. It just means you just scroll on, just move forward. But it didn't act. I actually wrote back to the person. I'm like, no, first of all, I didn't say it. I quoted it. Well, even if you quote it, that's a problem. No, no, it isn't. Because that's how we get censorship. And that's really bad. One of the things that our society was built on was the idea of free speech. And it goes beyond, don't be one of these people, don't email me this. If, if you're like, oh no, Joe, you have it wrong. Free speech is just about the government not imposing conflict on or consequences on you. Don't even send me that. You can send me the email. I just want you to know I won't respond. Because I agree that's what it is in the Bill of Rights. But the idea of free speech is is the spirit of free speech, if you will, is what permeates a, a healthy society where we can talk about ideas we disagree with and not everyone who disagrees with us is a demon. And we don't have to demonize them. I've said it before, I'll say it again. We need to become 70, 80% people. I listen to podcasts all the time. I don't agree with everything I hear and none of what I hear hurts me, especially when it's an idea. And so this conversation that the person and I had back and forth was fine. And at the same time, I wasn't going to push it too far because I can, I can take myself, put myself in their shoes and at least have some idea of their experience, which they went through some level of trauma, which they did not share with me. And that's fine. I've been through traumatic events. And oh, see, Joe, you're saying you're disagreeing with what you wrote. Maybe that's why the first two words matter. Today's reading. And to add to that, all throughout the comments section, because I want to have a conversation with people, even if it is online, I was like, look, I don't know what I think of these comments I, I, or this line. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think I see the point that the guy's trying to make. And, and there is a, a, a part of me that does believe that we give too much power to trauma and too much power to our past. And, and to some extent, how much does the past matter? Because we have to make decisions in the present. So I can see all that. But we have to get to the place where we can engage others with ideas that we're not sure we agree with or that they're telling us that we absolutely agree with. And it doesn't mean that we have to set fire to the whole world or between us and them. It's okay to just have a conversation about ideas. That isn't stirring the pot. And if it is, then I want to be more of a pot stirrer. And so let's talk about six ways that we can better understand what's going on for the other person, that we can build our emotional intelligence for the other person. And I'll probably come back and forth and use these, this type of the statement, a blanket statement like that, a provocative statement like that, one that goes so against so many of the things that we're, we're being told today. And many people are finding comfort when they hear it. Many people are finding like, oh, like, like the proverbial light bulb goes on for them, which is fine. We can agree to disagree. We can engage in ideas and be like, you know what? I don't know what I think about this and chew on it for a day, two days, three days, six days, a year. And then be like, I don't agree with it. We can say, oh, I agree with it today. And then in the future, be like, no, you know what? I've grown from there. I don't agree with that anymore. We have to give ourselves and others space to grow. And that means that sometimes something we believe today, we don't believe two weeks from now or a year from now or something that we didn't believe 10 years ago, we do believe today. 
and that's okay. All right, let's get into this. I want to talk about these six things. Now, this is designed more for when you're in a discussion with people and you just don't feel like you're being listened to. And you're going to have to express a little bit of emotional intelligence towards yourself first and make sure that you're actually not being listened to. It's just not that they're not agreeing with you. And there is a difference there that we have somewhat conflated in modern society. The very first one, and this one's like, well, no, duh. We have to ask ourselves, what are the emotions that the other person's feeling? What are the emotions that they're feeling? And we can look for physical cues, voice tone, voice volume, words that they're using, their eyes, their face, their body language. What are things that are going on in them that we're not taking into account? Because we might just be in it for the argument, or we might just be in it for the intellectual fun. And that's fine, but if they're not, what are the emotions that they're experiencing, right? So uh, I was talking to someone whose brother is a pitcher in Major League Baseball. Is uh, This will be his second year or his first year. I think this will be his second year uh, pitching for uh, Major League Baseball. And they were in the stands just recently for spring baseball or for spring training. And somebody was just calling the kid a bum, and they were talking about how terrible he is. And he wasn't pitching well, I guess. And, and she talked about how angry she was at them. And the person couldn't understand it because to the person, it was just a pitcher. To her, it was her brother. And, and we can debate the whole, like, should the person been talking about it like that, period. I'm not here to discuss that today. My point is the person missed an opportunity to ask themselves, what emotions is this person ex- uh, experiencing next to me? So if you're in a position of leadership at work and you have to give negative feedback and someone doesn't respond well, it shouldn't be a very difficult exercise to be like, well, what emotions might this person be experiencing? What emotions might they be living in? And and how might I craft my message to take those into account? And the second question then is, what are they feeling? And this is a little bit different than emotions. Feelings tend to be the, the, the expression of our emotions. They tend to be a little bit more short-lived than emotions, and, and they tend to be felt, right? So we can have emotions that we suppress and we keep down, and then something happens and they come out and we feel them. What might they be feeling? And we can run those together. I know a lot of times in society they get conflated. They get put together as, as the equal, and I'm not sure that they are. Uh, and I have a little bit of, of reasoning for that. But, but either way, if you want to build your others-focused emotional intelligence— Ask yourself, what might they be feeling? So if you're a husband and your wife's had a crazy bad day and her words are short with you, you might ask yourself, what, am, what is she feeling? Now, you should be asking yourself, what am I feeling? Because you want to identify that too. But that was last week's episode. This week, what am I feeling in regards to what's going on? Or excuse me, what am I feeling? What is my wife feeling in regards to what's going on right now or how the day was going? Sometimes you just have bad days. Uh, this weather where we live in Michigan here, the weather is up and down. I have really bad knees. When the weather gets warm and then cold, warm and then cold, my knees tend to swell and they tend to hurt. And that can affect what I'm feeling, right? And so that's an opportunity for people around me to be like, okay, what might he be feeling? Now, you might, you probably wouldn't notice if you just looked at me. How do we engage in, in, in a good conversation with other people? One of the ways we do is we ask ourselves, What are the emotions that they might be experiencing and what might they be feeling? Then the third question we need to ask ourselves is what is their perception? Here's one of the things I tell people. If you were a lawyer, could you articulate their perception of what's happening in court? Could you go to court and argue their perception about what's happening? 
not because you agree with it, but because you have spent copious amounts of energy listening, not just to what they're saying, to but what they're not saying, that you have studied their body language, that you have asked yourself internally some really good questions like, what are they feeling? What are they, what are they experiencing? How are their emotions going on? What is their perception of this conversation and about what we're talking about? One of the reasons, like one of my friends was like, well, did you get mad at the people who private messaged you? No, not at all. Did you get mad at the people who disagreed with you on Facebook? Not at all. Because many of them, their perception was if that statement was true, there was danger ahead. I disagree with their perception. Like one guy actually wrote me and he said, hey, if we even entertain that, that's dangerous. It could be used to blah, 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 to gaslight. Yeah, it could be. My truck could be used to kill people too. That doesn't make the truck inherently dangerous. And, and so at the same time though, the guy who wrote me, he has a lot of trauma in his life. He's experienced some really hard things. And, and I can see his perception and I'm okay with it. In fact, I'm glad that he had the courage to write me and say, hey, I read that and here's my concerns. Building emotional intelligence about others is about understanding what they're feeling, what their emotions are. And so you, we want to design our interaction to be considerate of that, to ponder that. I once was working with a couple where the husband uh, had said, yeah, buddy, to his wife, and she got really angry. And so they came in and they were talking about it. And it turns out that her dad used to say, yeah, buddy, and he was abusive. And so when she heard that, she felt a lot of strong emotions. Now, here's the thing. He doesn't have to agree with her that the phrase, yeah, buddy, is a terrible phrase. He also doesn't have to use it around her or, or they can have a conversation about it, but he needs to try to understand her emotions instead of what he did at the time was he just went with, no, you're wrong. 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 And, and there's a little bit, there, there's a little bit of a problem here. There was a guy who came to me one time with a business idea and I said, Hey, I'm just not going to do that. I don't think it's a very good plan. And I didn't lead with that. I just said, no, thank you. I'm, I'm not really going to do that. And he kept pushing me and said, I just don't think it's a very good plan. Plan. Now he calls me his frenemy and, and says that I didn't want to support him in business. I don't agree with that, but I can understand his emotion and his feelings and his perception because he feels like, he, well, he doesn't feel like, he was rejected and he has negative emotions and feelings from that, which is going to skew his perception. Now, the, the, the next two questions go hand in hand. You have to ask yourself, if you're in a discussion with people, we walk away too fast. I believe that in our society. We either stay in too long or we walk away too fast. But you have to ask yourself, is there, what's the payoff that the other person is seeking? A key component of human psychology that I believe is that everything we do, we, we're trying to get something or, or, or avoid something. We're trying to bring something into our lives or remove it. We're trying to get something or get away from it. And one of the things we have to ask ourselves when we're, when we're talking to somebody else is, what might the payoffs be to them for what they believe? So when somebody argues about something, and I just watched a conversation this morning on Facebook, or I don't know, it might not have been on Facebook, it might have been on Twitter, about something, and it was back and forth, and everybody would just kept telling the other people why they were wrong. It was a news article, and I love to read the comments on news articles sometimes. And, and it was, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong. And no one actually stopped, and, and at least that I could tell, and asked, what is the payoff to the people for believing this? What's the thing that they're trying to get to? And here's a question that you have to get to quickly. Is their payoff a quest? Are they on some level of a quest? Because if they are, then you probably need to walk away. That's, that's four, five, and six. <laughs> what, what's the payoff that they're seeking? And then as you start to explore that, if you start to get the vibe 
that this is actually a quest for them. You, you need to walk away. Now, you may not need to physically walk away. If you've been to any of my marriage conferences, you know that we talk about mirroring. You could drop into mirroring and have a good 25-minute conversation with them about them uh, being able to explain what it is that they're passionate about and this quest that they're on. And then you could walk away. They would feel heard. They would feel valued. They would feel safe. And, and you would still be safe because you were able to just share the conversation. This is predicated upon the idea that we can hear ideas that we disagree with and move forward. And there are people that are on quests. They're not interested in listening. Yesterday at dinner, just for fun with my family, uh, my family picks on me a little bit for, for what they call college Joe or dating Joe, uh, the guy who dated my wife. I'm the poster child for how to date, how not to date. Um, but still get married and have a really good marriage. And, and one of the things that I, they, were, they were giving me a hard time about, I, I said to them, well, that's because I'm probably this. I have this thing going on in my life, ADHD. And, and then I started to tease them a little about, bit about it. And I was, I was kind of whatever they said, I just refused to engage it log- logically. And we had fun and we laughed about it. But the reality is for a person that's on a quest – the emotional payoff is so high that they're probably not going to engage you emotionally. They're probably not going to engage you in a way that will lead to logical conversation. And that's okay because we have to accept it. We're not going to change it. And so then we have to decide what we're going to do. Okay, so the first question, what emotions are they experiencing? What are they feeling? That's the second question. What's their perception of whatever that's going on, the conversation, the events, whatever? What's the payoff for them? If, they, if whatever they're arguing for were to, be, to happen, what is the payoff for them? This has a couple benefits. One, it helps you understand where it's going. And if, if you just disagree on how to get to that payoff, but you think the payoff is worthy, you can offer le- legitimate and actual compromises, right? Are they on a quest? If they're on a quest, then you walk away. And, and one of the things that is really important is that you know when to walk away. I will say this. This is not on the original list. We, we shouldn't define people based purely on the conversation that we have with them. We shouldn't. Now, like, there, should be, there, there is consequences for every conversation we have, but we should not define them based on one conversation that we have with them. That's, that's very dangerous, and it takes away the human capacity for growth which I am a big believer in. All right. I hope you enjoyed this quick two-part series, How to Build Emotional, Some Behaviors to Build Emotional Intelligence and Strengthen Yourself. Last week, this week, some behaviors, some ideas, really some questions to ask yourself on how to build emotional intelligence for others and yourself. Uh, If you have some questions about this, please feel free to reach out, joe at joemartino.com. Also, please share this with your friends. I'd encourage you to pick three friends that you share this with. If you found this valuable, one of the ways that we find meaning in life is that we share things that are valuable with people, uh, with other people. It's a way that we can build uh, meaning in our lives. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.